There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Hey, we're going to take a little break here and talk about interstate batteries. Now, if you're like me, enjoying the great outdoors, you need gear that is as reliable as it gets. That's why I power my adventures with interstate batteries. I use interstate batteries in my boats. I use interstate batteries in my camper. Great for your truck, too. From Alaska to Montana, they're outrageously dependable. Battery is essential. With over 150,000 dealer locations, finding one is easy. For all your vehicles, land or sea, choose Interstate. Head to interstatebatteries.com and find your power today. Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life, and check it out. They got a pellet grill, the Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Now, with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full great sear zone, so you can put more food on the flame. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Welcome to Wired to Hunt's Rut Fresh Radio, bringing you the latest reports from the Whitetail Woods. And now, your hosts, Casey Smith and Tyler Jones. This is Rut Fresh Radio, brought to you by Vortex Optics. I'm your host, Tyler Jones, and this week, there seems to be a common sentiment that there's a lull happening in buck movement across much of the country. Does the October lull actually exist? I'll let you make your own decisions. Welcome to Rut Fresh Radio, powered by Vortex Optics. I'm Casey Smith. This is Tyler Jones, and we are talking deer hunting guys. And get this, I always like to hype because it's hype season, okay? <laughs> Here's the deal. Whatever today like is, this. whatever day you're listening to this, man, <laughs> it gets better tomorrow and better the next day and better the next day. It day, just keeps dude. getting better from here on out, man, Unless for quite Alabama. a while. That's right. If you're Alabama, it don't get better for a while. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. Or Mississippi or any of them. Ooh. The good thing about those states down there, man, is like uh, uh, pretty much just the bowl appearances actually interfere with the rut, you know, <laughs> because it's so late. That's what I was regarding, to, you yeah. know, there uh, with the Alabama loss. It was uh, very unfortunate for them. <laughs> That's right. Their family. Uh, but yeah, the uh, those January ruts are nice, but uh, in most of the country, you're right, like mm-hmm. every day. It's getting better. It is, man. We've been talking to people from all over the country. And uh, uh, the further north you go, the kind of more consistent this gets, I, I do believe. Uh, we're actually fixing to head up on another little swing up through the north country to go chase some big old bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, but um, it's still that way here in Texas. We're, we got some cameras out hunting some Texas public land right now uh, and uh, kind of targeting these cold fronts that are moving across the country. And that's going to be probably a pretty big theme from what we hear guys talk about, you know, depending on 
your opinion of deer movement. I know that there's studies out there that bucks don't move anymore and for any other reason. Like, I mean, honestly, if you listen to all the studies, they're going to say that deer movement is a monotony and it never changes. But if you've been out in the woods some, there is perceived reality. Mm-hmm. And that perceived reality is that these things have some influence on deer. I can tell you one thing is when it, I mean, there's no doubt, like this time of year and also on colder days, deer are more on my camera. Like, mm-hmm. And there are more bucks on my camera. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't know what to do except for just, if I'm doing my own science, this is what I see. So yeah. I, I'm I'm going hunting if it's cold and you know, guarantee you in November time so, to be in the woods. Yeah. Even in late October right now. Yeah. Yeah. The guys, if you haven't, by the way, if you like big bucks and you, you don't lie, about lie. It, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you should uh, go check out, uh, just the, uh, breathtaking situation Mm-mm. with uh, Oklahoma buck that I <clears throat> killed last year. I just got a text message from the guy who's doing a Euro for me. And he said, man, uh, I think this buck might be older than what we aged him on his bottom jaw because he's like, his teeth are falling out. Mm-hmm. He also had, he said, more bot flies than any other deer he's ever seen. Really? Yeah. I didn't that's show you the picture because you're not yeah, even that kind of thing. I've seen one. That's all I need to see. <laughs> <laughs> it was gross. Um, but uh, he had like an abscess. His teeth are falling out. Like he's digging them out of the bottom of the of the bucket and stuff. This old buck, man. Was he bobbing for him? I think so. Yeah. It's, it's that time of year. That's what I would have done for sure. <laughs> I love bobbing for deer teeth. Uh, he was uh, he was cool, man. And I'm ready to get that head back because uh, what a just epic thing for us. It kind of cemented the buck truck. Yeah. You know, yeah. as, as uh, am I using that word right, by the way? Cemented? That's a thing, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, I said that to our friend Mark Kenyon the other day, and he didn't have anything too much to say about it. So you never know. Uh, if he's just being Mark and he's like, assuming you use words the right way, or if he's just like, oh, this guy's dummy from Texas. But yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, uh, that deer, after I shot him, just some pretty dramatic things happened Yeah, um, that just were, I don't know, kind of unexplainable. Yeah, but, I think we talked about it a little bit on this same show last last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we do a lot of podcasts, and so uh, between our the Element podcast and this podcast, we kind of get confused on what we talked about sometimes. That's right. But I think we did talk about it. And, uh, you know, I saw another uh, comment on the, the video about this, um, and you mentioned it, but, like, um, when what happens to the deer is not a funny thing, but we were, like, about near holding our breath for 30 minutes, and what came out was this joy of watching a deer fall because it's a quick ethical kill, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and this whole, like, I can't believe it just happened. We had success. We got the shot we wanted. It was super lethal and all this stuff. But what it's, and what ends up happening to that deer is not like a funny thing. It actually is hard for me to watch. And it's the reason we didn't put it in slow motion replay, but, uh, we do laugh because it's you and me. We laugh a lot and we do. We had a good time. We and did. so uh, if you've watched it and it was distasteful, we would probably apologize that it came off that way. We didn't intend it that way at all. Uh, we actually both highly respect and value all kinds of animals, probably more animals than most of you listeners. I can say that, especially about KC, because this dude knows every bird under the sun just about, you know, he's, I mean, you're a birder pretty much. Yeah, so. And the ones at night too. Yeah. Night jars. You know, those are actually, <laughs> yep. you were talking about one of the most prolific, oh, sorry, Mark, again, we're, yep. you know, we, I mean, we're not grouping here. Yeah. So I apologize. It's but basically the same thing. There's as like 27 hawk. different species of night jars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, when they're all kind of grouped into that, like nighthawk, night jar type mm-hmm. thing, right? Yeah. But anyway, we just nerded out real quick. Let me ask you this: uh, whoopper will 
It's not jarring. That's what I was mm-hmm. thinking. Okay, just making sure it's the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And we actually, what we call whipper wheels here are usually Chuck Widow's wheels, uh, <clears throat> but we just... A lot harder to say. Yeah, and yep. not doesn't sound near as cool. It's like, we already got plenty of syllables in the word whipper wheel. <laughs> That's right. Longer <laughs> yeah. than the song, Chuck Widow's wheel. It doesn't come out near as easy, does it? I mean, that's pretty close, actually. Yeah. We might, maybe it's probably, somebody check that, fact check that, maybe yeah. the same amount of syllables. I used to uh, keep up with things on the calendar, so, and I learned that from Pop, my granddad. He mm-hmm. uh, would always write down the first whipper wheel he heard in the spring. It was always like late March, early April, something really? like that. Yeah. And I think that I should start doing it with deer a little more often. Like the first scrape I see open up in Texas. I yeah. should keep up with that yep. and see see what that is. Because that's what we're starting to see around here right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, got some cameras running. Going to be doing some some hunting this week on the cold front. Um, but I'm kind of thinking and concerned. And like, you know, just for a little hunting banter here, as a, a lot of people are, are hunting and thinking about this. In fact, that's why they listen to this podcast, I do, yeah. do believe. I'm um, thinking. I'm thinking. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Are we in a weird time period in the mid-October stages where mature bucks actually aren't hitting the scrapes yet? And it's the young bucks kind of getting out there, getting feisty and taking care of that stuff. And should I be concentrating on the bedding specific stuff still? Or with the cold front, with the rain coming through, are there going to be big bucks on their feet doing that even in the teens of October? And, you know, because... I affectionately call the 22nd through the 28th scrape week is kind of, mm-hmm. you know, a thing that a lot of us kind of talk about, you know. But as we lead up to that, is it uh, foolish to hunt the scrapes? Um, I would say, if you're asking me, I would say that you're, you're, if, are you, get, is this kind of a theory you're developing? As a little you, bit. As you watch these cameras uh-huh. that we just put out? Yeah. Okay. So I'd say you're on the right track. I would say, um, personally, I think that, you know, I like to, uh, and this is just, this is all coming to me right now as I'm thinking about it. Cause I mean, without thinking about it too much, I would say, oh yeah, it's coming. Scrapes are going to be hitting. But like, mm-hmm. I think you might be onto something. I think that like, when I think back to, I killed a deer on a scrape on October 23rd on some public in Illinois, a big deer, mm-hmm. mature buck. I and, watched the foot, the trail cam <laughs> footage of this yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So he shows up on a cold front on the 16th, which is today when, or this week or whatever, essentially when we're recording this thing. And, uh, you know, that is the first time he shows up, but he but shows up at night. It's 1150 or yeah. something like that. So, um, and then the next cold front that runs through, that's on, it's on the 23rd. He shows up that evening and I shoot him mm-hmm. at, at the scrape. So, um, my thoughts are that what you're going to end up doing potentially here on some of this pub around here or wherever you end up hunting is having, I mean, we saw where last night weather came in and we saw the night before there was nothing. Mm -hmm. And then last night there was like what we assume are three-year-old bucks Mm kind of. And, uh, I think you may end up even seeing a decent buck. Um, but I think that it's still like a week away from those deer actually doing daylight things around that. I think they're going to be exploring, but it's going to be nighttime movement majority but this is a major major cold front so mm-hmm. uh i don't know the colder the weather i feel like the more willing those deer are to move but all in all like when i think about even the private here that i'm mm-hmm. hunting those deer i'm not seeing deer i'm not seeing bucks show up till literally the 29th of october mm-hmm. at least yeah so that is my house too i'm just kind of thinking that you know my strategy in my mind has been let's go hunt these scrapes but now i'm thinking 
I should go back to kind of what we did in South Dakota mm-hmm. where we hunt that transitional stuff between food and bedding in the mornings and that be your best bet to have one on, on their feet. I think so too. I think it's a good yeah. idea. I know it kind of uh, steps on all the stuff y'all did the other day. Well, but... it just, I mean, I'm glad we went and hung those cameras and kind of explored and learned things. The food's there. Acorns are dropping. Overcups in particular is like, it's the thing. Mm-hmm. But there's enough of them that it spreads them out. And also, being creek bottoms in East Texas, it's just, there's a lot of bedding cover. Yeah. And I haven't had the opportunity to go in there and just tear this thing up in the off season mm-hmm. to know like specific buck bedding, you yeah. know? So I'm thinking that I'm going to go look for big rubs that are way back away from roads Mm-hmm. And near some food, and try to just get the wind right. And Dude, hunt that I think stuff. I think that's a good plan. Yeah. I think that's I think you're on the right path. And it stinks to have to get way back away from things, but that's mm-hmm. just part of shooting big bucks most of the time. It is most man. of the time of the year. I mean, outside the rut, that is just the way it is. Speaking of, I need to grab the uh, game cart while we're here tonight because I'm optimistic. Ooh, <laughs> so yep. you know, need that. So uh, we actually talked to some optimistic guys this week mm-hmm. on the podcast. I love. To get some guys on here who feel like it's time to kill, man. Mm-hmm. I, and now I will give you this. Um, I feel like we had some realists on mm-hmm. here for mm-hmm. the most part. Uh, so, like, when you hear a number and it's not like up there in like the cha-ching range, that doesn't mean it's bad, right? right. And we talked about yeah. this, but I want people to think about this from time to time, right? Yeah. So, uh, if you hear that, you know, five or six, that's a hunting number for yeah. sure. Looking right at there. pretty much better than good. You better than I mean? good. <laughs> uh, so, Tyler, who are we talking to this week? So, this week we're talking to Chris Nickerson of Maine, Greg Litzinger of New Jersey, Mark Olis of Moultrie Mobile, he's in Alabama, and Nate Crick of Identical Draw. They were in South Dakota and had some success recently. So, let's get to the interviews. I've got Chris Nickerson who is hunting in Maine on the phone right now. Chris, what's going on up there, man? <clears throat> uh, I am, I'm up here uh, trying, to, trying to evade uh, falling leaves, stream winds, uh, some rain, uh, and, and all the things the big woods of central Maine have to offer. Right cool. <laughs> that sounds cool. We actually have a little rain here, too, which is a rarity, as you can imagine, you know, for Texas, because mm-hmm. you're from here now, but uh, you correct. grew up hunting in Maine. Is that right? I did. So, uh, you know, I was born, interesting. I was, I was born in Texas. Uh, you know, I, my family settled in Maine when I was a small child. So I lived most of my Maine, in, most of my time in Maine. And then, uh, you know, through my twenties, I, I was kind of your average, uh, gun hunter, you know, my whole time in Maine. So I never took it too seriously. Now I'm uh, living in Texas, been there for, you know, seven plus years and, uh, you know, taking bow hunting super seriously and had some opportunities to come back up here and hunt uh, a private farm. That a friend of mine has worked, you know, forever, and uh, you know, took him up on the offer, and uh, it's it's been a, it's been an interesting trip so far. Well, you've sent me some pictures, and it looks beautiful. Uh, what is the tactic going in Maine right now, man? It just seems like a different world, you know. So I don't even know it where is. to start. It is, you know, the best way I can explain Maine to someone who has not been here, it's it's almost like uh, Alaska's little brother. <laughs> That's you know, cool. A lot, of, <laughs> a lot of the traits of Maine are very similar to Alaska, just not as quite on st- as steroids as Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, a, lot, a lot of cedar swamps, you know, mossy bottoms, and then it can transition into hardwood flats almost instantly. So there's a lot of diversity. The uh, the deer population is is quite small per acre, you know, compared to a lot of the states, especially what we're used to in Texas and the South. So you're not going to see deer all the time, which is, you know, I think just from my experience talking to other folks, it's fairly common in a lot of the northern cold weather states. You know, you don't see a lot of movement. You're not sitting out here seeing, you know, 15, 20 deer every single night. 
You know, it's it's nothing to go a couple of days and not see a deer. And then all of a sudden, a monster can walk out of nowhere and just take you by a total surprise. So that's kind of what I'm battling right now is, you know, I'm hunting a piece of land I've never been on. I'm starting cold. I had, I've got to, a total of two weeks here, and I'm about at the halfway point. I've seen a couple of decent bucks, you know, handful of does, but no crazy movement. Um, I'm, I'm out here, you know, trying to scout, you know, uh, tactfully where I'm not just blowing the whole area out, you know, scouting, hunting. You know, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a saddle hunter uh like you folks and uh so i'm using that tactic uh you know to sneak through be as quiet as i can without uh, blowing this place up and uh you know i'm 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 slightly discouraged at the moment just because you know i'm used to seeing so many deer uh, as we do in the south but um i'm, I'm hopeful that i'm definitely going to get onto something pretty good here in the next handful of days gotcha so you, you see you mentioned central maine uh mm-hmm. what part of texas do you live in so I currently live uh, in the sticks of Texas. Uh, closest uh, city to me is is Austin, about an hour. I'm, I'm yeah. about an hour east of Austin. Y'all got a lot of deer down um, there for sure. We do <laughs> for um, sure. Yeah. So like, I, I was just wondering because you mentioned Central Maine, and if you put, Correct. you know, if you said Central Texas, then you could fit all mm-hmm. of Maine in that. And so <laughs> I wonder if like Central Maine, why you're why you mentioned that is there something particular there habitat wise or deer wise or you know what's the what's the dynamic there that you mentioned that for sure that's a good good question because northern maine um when you, when you come to maine and you you talk to locals here when they talk about northern maine it's the part of maine that is uh, by most people's standards, uninhabitable due to the extreme cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have the largest county in Maine is Brewster County. That's typically the county that everyone refers to as quote up north. Uh, Central Maine is is basically, if you look at it on a map geographically, it's kind of actually the southeast corner of Maine. You know, if you were to break it down on a map, but that's kind of referenced as Central Maine. Bangor is the biggest city that's close to where I'm at which is considered central Maine. And then from there you head towards the coast and that's considered more the down East Maine section. Gotcha. So, so, uh, so what are you central focusing Maine, on right now there in central Maine? As far uh, as like, what, 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 I mean, are scrapes a thing or, um, you know, what, what are deer doing? Yeah, that's a great question. What I, what I'm struggling with right now is we're in the leaf, uh, the leaf fall, uh, part of the fall up here. So the leaves are coming off the trees and there is a astounding amount of leaves on the ground right now. So when I'm scouting, finding what you know to be a good deer path, but you cannot see a fresh track to save your life because mm. there's so many leaves on the ground. Um, part of what I'm optimistic about is in the next few days, we just got out of a, a pretty aggressive windy rainstorm and most of, the, uh, most of the leaves are down in this area for the most part. And so those will start kicking away and we'll get a little bit more uh, clearing so I can see what's going on scrapes are almost impossible beds are impossible i have i have scoured the the woods here pretty hard and it's really tough to find you know find a handful of rubs but there again there's not a lot compared to other places i've hunted so it's uh the, the sign is very sparse so uh it, it's I'm, I'm having to work for this one yeah. yeah for sure and i i can see where as an archery hunter especially that gets pretty tough you know i know those guys track up there a lot and cover ground sure. but whenever you can shoot you know 70 80 yards with an open side rifle i'm sure it adds a little bit of extra right. to it but uh do you uh plan on like kind of things are really starting to get into swing and from my experience the more north you are the more this stuff lines up on calendar days and you're about as far north as you can hunt whitetails in the states at least so do sure. you expect that like we will you will at least start seeing a good bit of buck activity as the the next week pushes on 
I, I think so. This, this next week, I feel like if I had to gauge it, I think this next week that I'm going to be here is kind of probably going to be the start of, of the good part of uh, October here. Mm. Uh, I, I wish I had another week because I think the very end of October is going to be great here. Um, it's a little warmer than I would like to see right now. We're going to see highs this next week, probably in um, roughly around you know 50, mid 50s. Uh, high 50s and the lows are only going to be you know 37 to 40 degrees uh, we did have one day that was pretty cold but then it just popped right back up and it's been warmer weather so i i wish it was a little colder that i think it would help a little but i think you're right we're coming into that part of uh season where it's going to start picking up so i do i'm optimistic about that good man that's good to hear so if you had to rate like your next week that you're going to be up there hunting uh, for a buck movement scale of one to ten what would you think it's going to be I, I think towards the tail end of this next week, it's probably going to be close to, I'd put it at probably a six. Okay. I think it's mm-hmm. going to increase a fair amount. I know that probably doesn't sound real high, but for this area, I think that's a, a fair assessment. Mm-hmm. Sounds realistic to me. I'd like to call that a killing six. You know what I mean? Like if you're a real <laughs> hunter, you think that six is pretty good. 60% of the time, well, it works every time. That's man, right, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> for sure. You know, I've got a lot of pressure on it because all my friends from back in Texas, you know, they hear all these stories of these great giants of the north and they, they think I'm going to come up here and uh, just bag a world-class buck. And uh, so I've got some I've got some heat on me. i got to perform now. <laughs> good, man. Well, we don't have any heat to push towards your way, but we do wish <laughs> yeah. you well, man. I hope you have some yeah. success up there and can't wait to see the pictures thanks for the time chris yeah absolutely thanks guys all right so now on the phone i've got greg litzinger i like to call him lip sinker sometimes and even called him (laughs) greb when i was talking to kc earlier i don't know if you know what a grebe is but that's a waterfowl uh and some people call him grebs so greb what's been going on man (laughs) no i'm good you good Uh, you know trying trying to chase some bucks you know Mm -hmm. same as everybody yeah are they marsh bucks are they different kind of country um, I'm doing three. I'm hunting the marsh and the big woods this year. Break it up a little bit. All right, dude. Uh, little, that way they can diversity. charge you more, right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool, dude. You hunt some really interesting country, and um, I love following you, man. Um, and have known you for several years now, man. We've we kind of text several times a year and talk about yeah. things, and usually get up on the phone. And I like watching because you get after it, man. Like even in the off season, man, you're out there as much as you can trying to be a good dad and, and that kind of thing too. But, you know, also spending some time out in the woods trying to figure out like what these deer are doing. And you end up usually killing several big bucks throughout the years, man. So I uh, wanted to talk to you a little bit about what you've been seeing. You've been hunting New Jersey quite a bit yep. uh, lately and just see what you've been seeing and, and uh, you know, what the deer are doing in the woods right now. It's, um, it was early October was, was really good. Um, September was kind of a bust for me, but, uh, a lot of deer, but no big deer. But uh, early October, the cameras were blowing up. Uh, a lot of big deer hit scrapes, and it kind of died off this past week. We had, the, you know, with the hurricane and whatnot. And uh, I checked some cameras was it yesterday, and uh, the deer are starting to move. Still on the dark side, you know, mm-hmm. that last hour, like even close to bedding, these scrapes are starting to get fired up. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. are you are you uh, are you seeing does use those scrapes too, or is it mostly bucks? Um, some of the, it's, it's a mixture. Um, I, you know, I run cameras, scrapes near buck bedding and, and just general, uh, high traffic area scrapes. The does, I mean, they love scrapes, man. The licking branches are always in there year round. So a lot, those cameras seem to be doing a little bit better, um, with the buck movement now than the, the buck, you know, I guess bedding scrapes. Uh, so my cameras are on those, uh, the community scrapes are doing extremely well mm-hmm. for bucks so just a little, uh, uh, just a little late in the 
for hunting purposes. <laughs> sure. In yep. the um, in the marsh world, so let's just say wetlands in general, because you know you hunt marshes, guys hunt swamps, some guys hunt bogs, you know, but it's all kind of like wet ground. Yeah. Uh, and, but deer make scrapes; it's a thing they do. So, in that type of country, are those deer actually going to find high ground to scrape, or, or like what some, does it look like in that wet country? Uh, sometimes it's been dry in the last couple of years, and now we've had that hurricane and a few other storms. Some of the traditional scraping areas underwater, <laughs> so they've just moved it to the next piece. Um, like the one that's a like a holly tree, they like they like holly trees, and they move the next holly tree on high ground. That's what it's scraping. It's like twenty yards away, hmm. um, which is kind of nice because it's a better advantage for me getting in and out of that piece actually. Mm-hmm. So I got a good chance of seeing a good deer in that one. <laughs> so, so when you're so when you're uh, like conditions change like that change like that so much. Um, is it, I mean, is it pretty much just, is it, you rely on just getting in the woods and tearing it up during the season or are you relying on past boot scouting or, you know, how does that look? Or are you map scouting that stuff too or what? Uh, mixture of everything, you know, cameras, my time in the woods. Uh, I mean, you can run a thousand cameras. If you can't decipher the deer sign when you're walking in, uh, the cameras ain't going to help you. Cause I call it, you know, death by data. You can have too much data. Mm-hmm. You overthink everything. So you just need to, you need to know. This week of October, scrapes, they start day walking, and you go hunt those scrapes. And half the time, it, you don't see anything, but when you do see something, usually it's a really good deer. So it's a mixture of both. I use the trail camera stuff, and I look at the moon and, and wind and stuff like that. But I try not to get too bogged down with the data. Mm-hmm. I think you will definitely – for me, I'm not – I can't process that too much data. Like, I'll just go insane, think about everything I don't need to be thinking about, mm-hmm. and I second-guess every move. So Yeah. I really, There's like you know, a – a moon thing where you could definitely get bogged down in that but yeah it's interesting to me and if i know you and and you you know back this up so if you could just give us high level like your thoughts on the moon like what's like the thing if you're going to pick out like okay if you're just going to barely pay attention to the moon look for this what would it be it's first light last light um middle of october seems to be like the 15th through the 25th uh First light, last light, first hour of light, uh, the overhead underfoot matching um, the overhead underfoot and first light. Got you. So you're sense. syncing that up. Yeah. So so yeah. a you want the sun to be like 90 degrees from the moon, pretty much, if you can do yeah, that. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Directly overhead, directly underfoot. Um, and I've had success, you know, the early a.m., like 7 a.m., if you get those things to match up. Mm-hmm. First light, you know, first hour or so, overhead or underfoot. I seem to get deer coming back to bed later, bigger deer. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I don't like, I'm not biologist and they, they, it's been default a hundred times, but I know a lot of my deer have been killed on those mornings, hunting beds, close mm-hmm. to bedding. Mm-hmm. Well, so it's like, well, I'm going to go with what works for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned a time period that is coming up to be that. So if you were looking forward as to like, you know, what you think the next week will be in the deer woods for buck movement, what would you think that that's going to look like? I think um, it's been a slow start here in Jersey, um, as as in my buddy in Delaware says the same thing. Um, scrapes kind of hot and kind of died off, and usually when it happens, we get around the the 18th of October. It's going to just really going to be like a light switch. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you, and like this week, I think Tuesday, Wednesday, we got some cold weather, so I think you're going to see a lot more daylight movement. These bucks finding out where the does are, finding out where the feet are, you know, and and those bucks that might not been shown and you you have a scene are gonna just pop up for a few days and be gone. So it's a good time to be in the woods. Good time to be in the woods. <laughs> yes, sir. So buck movement one to ten if you had to rate it. 
Next week, I'm going to give it a six. Oh, baby. Killing six, man. That's good, yep. man. I yep. like it. 60% of the time, it works every time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for doing this. Yeah, man. Now, a lot of you guys are familiar with the old hunting tradition of eating, you know, some organ, the heart or a chunk of liver off the first animal you kill. I had that when I was a little kid and it was a big deal. Organ meats were always prized by frontier people who knew the importance of getting a lot of different minerals and nutrients. And as often is the case, those guys were on to something because organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. And you can get the same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil made exclusively from regeneratively raised, grass-fed, and finished cattle. Heart and Soil's unique freeze-drying process means all those important nutrients are trapped in ensuring you experience every one of the benefits of nature's superfood in a clean, convenient, taste-free capsule. Find out more at heartandsoil.co and make sure to use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. That's heartandsoil.co. Use the code MEATEATER. We've all seen plenty of gadgets and fads come and go, but here's one product that stood the test of time, Seafoam Motor Treatment. Lots of hunters and anglers know that seafoam helps engines run better and last longer. And it's really simple. When you pour it into your gas tank, seafoam cleans harmful fuel deposits that cause engine problems. I'm talking common stuff like hard starts, rough engine performance, or lost fuel economy. Seafoam is an easy way to prevent or overcome these problems. Just pour a can into your gas tank and let it do its job. Now you probably know someone who's used a can of seafoam to get their truck or boat going again. Because people everywhere rely on it to keep their trucks, boats, and small engines running the way they should the entire season. So, help your engine run better and last longer. Pick up a can of Seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit SeafoamWorks.com to learn more. Hey, everybody knows Weber Grills. I've been using Weber Grills my whole life and check it out. They got a pellet grill. The Weber Searwood Pellet Grill. Now, with a pellet grill, you can smoke, roast, and sear what I like to do on the same grill. You can go from low and slow, okay, on smoke boost mode, which gives you great smoke at 180 degrees, or crank this thing all the way to a heat sear at 600 degrees. It's got a full, great sear zone, so you can put more food on the flame. This, this, this is my way of bull saying, if I was going to cook roast one way, that's how I like to do it, sear roast. Utilize the smoke boost setting to intensify that smoky flavor. Direct flame cooking creates searing, crisping, and browning. Food's going to look as good as it tastes. This grill gets hot in 15 minutes. Cleanup is easy. Cook confidently with intuitive digital controls at the grill and enjoy the sleek, easy-to-use surface. You can also add a heavy-duty rotisserie or rust-resistant griddle insert to up your game. Get fired up for your new Weber Searwood pellet grill. All right, right here on the phone, I've got Mark Olis. He's from Moultrie Mobile, and he's out in Alabama. Mark, you've been hunting a little bit. Y'all just opened the season, right? 
we just started saturday was our archery opener uh and it it was hot it was in the 80s uh and and we're one of the you know last states to open so we're always sitting here so anxious for season as with social media we see all our buddies out hunting you know for a month and a half sooner so mm-hmm. it was awesome to get in the woods and, and you know i was able to harvest a, a doe so that that's part of our management plan and it's it's meat in the freezer so i, I had a good weekend that's awesome dude yeah it's always i don't know dude i can shoot a doe and still just be juiced man it's like yes. there's something about that moment of of truth i guess they call it but when you shoot something you know it's a it's a powerful thing, man. You're taking the life of something, and you don't want to mess it up. You don't, you want it to be quick and ethical. And there's so many different variables. So <clears throat> I'm glad you got to do that. Um, Absolutely. You know, with that, wh- why do you guys open so late? Is it because of different ruts and stuff like that? Yeah. So you know, that's our season. So our rut is so late in, in the state as a whole. Um, we do have various rut dates throughout the state. Um, but for the, for the majority of the state, you're looking at uh, a late December through January rut. Um, so it's a super late rut. Uh, right now, our deer are totally in an early season pattern. Um, and, and in fact, you know, we still got deer that, that are clinging to, to velvet. And it also has to do with our fawn drop. Our, our fawn drop is is later, you know, it's more in end of July, end of August. Mm. So it, it allows those um, fawns to grow more and, and and everything like that. So, yeah, it's all a biological reason. Man, that's cool. It's it's super interesting. I'm, I'm going to have to swing out there at some point, you know, in the next couple of years, if not this year, to, to uh, check that out, you know, that late rut stuff. Now, you guys are, you said you're in a preseason kind of pattern. Um, so... How'd you kill this doe? And, you know, is it the same type of tactics you would use if you were trying to shoot a nice buck? Yeah, so it, it, it can be. So right now the pattern is, you know, food cover. That's that's what the deer are doing, bucks and does. Um, and so this particular setup, um, it wasn't a really good wind, but uh, we, we just put a built a shooting house in this spot uh, last year. And it's so we're able to close the windows and everything. So that's what I did. I, I didn't have a great wind. I closed the windows. It was probably like 80 degrees. And we had a feeder up. And our food plot is also just starting to come up. We planted a couple weeks ago. So they are starting to target and hit those food plot sources. But we had a feeder set up. And and those deer came in. were coming to that feeder. They fed around a little bit. And you know, I was able to open the window right before I needed to make the shot. So, uh, I, I did, didn't get my scent out there. So the whole plan worked well, even though it wasn't an ideal setup. Yeah. What kind of, what kind of food you got in the food plot? So we've got a mixture of, we've got oats, we've got triticale, we've got, uh, some peas, we've got various clovers, we've got some radishes in there. And I mean, that stuff is all about two inches, three inches now coming mm-hmm. up. I mean, it's that succulent new growth and, sure. and they're really mowing on it. Cool, man. So, you know, being from Ultra Mobile, I imagine you've got a lot of cameras out. Are you seeing bucks in daylight right now? So what I'm seeing right now is kind of what you'd expect to see. It's it's the younger bucks. I'm seeing 
one and a half year old, two and a half year old bucks. Um, they are on a heavy, very predictable pattern, um, hitting feeders, hitting food plots. They're out in the morning, they're out in the afternoon, plenty of daylight. Um, the mature deer, uh, I am not seeing any daylight activity. It's all middle of the night, okay. very late, um, you know, even a couple hours after dark starting to see those, but I, I'm not seeing any daylight activity. Sure, sure. Gotcha. Okay. That's good to know. So, um, with that, if you were hunting mature bucks in the next week, uh, first of all, I'd like to know based off weather patterns, moon, uh, time of year, um, all these different things that you would factor in. A, I'd like to know what you what you kind of hypothetical what you think on a scale of one to ten the buck movement will be like, and then also I'd like you to tell me how you would go about uh, finding a mature buck. Well, I'll tell you. So for next week, it's it's looking not very good. Um, And and, uh, this time of year, I go a lot off of the weather Mm -hmm. that dictates so much. We have a big cold front coming in tonight. If you were hunting in the next couple of days, man, you're going to get some good cold weather. I bet the bucks are going to be on their feet more. So I'll I'll be interested to see that on camera. But next week, it's going to be upper 70s to 80 later in the week. It's going to be very hot. And, and to be perfectly honest, if you do have an area where there's a mature buck and, and you, you know, it, it may be better to stay out of there and wait for better conditions mm-hmm. because there's a high probability of really boogering up a stand right now. And you don't want to bump that buck somewhere else. So I would I would tell guys in this area, be leery about your spot unless you can 100% sneak in, sneak out, and you've got the perfect win. Otherwise, I, I just don't think the daylight movement is going to be very good on mature bucks in the next week. Sure. So uh, those are wise words for one. Scale of one to 10, buck movement in the next week. Gosh, mature bucks. I mean, I, three. I mean, it's yep. gonna, it, I, I feel pretty, pretty low about mature buck movement next week. And, and it's because of the early season. We have no rut activity here at this time like the rest of the country. Um, and, and it's going to be hot. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, I mean, that's a good number. Realistic, man. We, we appreciate that. We appreciate you hopping on, giving us the rundown on Alabama, uh, maybe later this year in the December area, when that rut kicks off, we might have to have you back on to talk about how those bucks are moving more on a seven or eight scale. So I appreciate you, Mark, and, uh, hope the best for you this season. Hey, thanks a lot. Same to you. We appreciate it. All right. Now on the phone, we've got Nate Crick from Identical Draw, dude. What's going on right now? Are you in the truck? I'm in the truck. I'm driving through the great state of Kansas. Um, man, it's uh, it's starting to get real good. So we're Thomas and I are trying to spend as much time in the field as possible right that's now. Cool. So well, yeah. that's exciting. So uh, yeah. starting to get real good. So I guess you've uh, been been uh, all up in them lately, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah we uh, just uh, got back from South Dakota last week and had a super successful hunt. Uh, one of our probably top three or top five uh public land hunts ever which is saying a lot like we were uh pretty covered up in deer so it was awesome man that's cool you ended up uh was it you or tom that killed one it was me yeah awesome dude. it was it was me day two yeah we uh man it was it was an awesome hunt we in this in this one piece of public we spotted like i don't know probably five or six shooters and uh eventually in the evening i was able to uh sneak into range of two whitetails one of them was a shooter one of them was kind of young 
Um, and yeah, I was in this, this bottom, this draw, uh, and made it happen. So it was, it was an exciting time. That's awesome, dude. Congrats on that. And, um, yeah, thank you. I'm interested in, in, you know, learning a little more, uh, about kind of what you were, were focused on. I know, you know, yeah. at any time you can randomly see a deer and, and go, uh, you know, stalk up on him. but I'm sure you're right. in the area for a reason. What is that? Yeah. yeah. So basically the wind last week was insane. We were dealing with like gusts of like 40, 50 miles an hour, like insane. Like we were bow hunting in that. And like most of the time, a lot of the train, like we couldn't even shoot it with our archery equipment. Yeah. It's so good way to shoot around we corners, for, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what we were looking for was like hills that and draws that would keep the deer out of the wind. So the wind was out of the West. Um, and so we were looking for kind of, kind of those like, uh, East facing Hills where we knew that they'd kind of be tucked in there, just like basically out of the wind, um, and deep draws. And that's exactly where we found the deer. So hunting in those, like hunting in 40, 50 mile an hour winds, like sucks so bad, mm -hmm. but man, if you can like the deer are in like very, very predictable spots. Yeah. So yeah, we, we focused on those deep draws and like literally every time we found like similar stuff like that, man, we were, we were finding gear pretty fast. Man, that's, that's a good point. You know, anytime there's, there's some kind of like outrageous condition, it kind mm -hmm. of like, it, it kind of, it, it, for instance, like here locally, we've got a, uh, we're in a pretty bad drought. And so we got, we yeah. got one of the best bass lakes in the country locally. And it, you know, technically there's a lot less places for these fish to hide. So, you oh, know, sure. and yeah. so that, that's kind of one of those things is like, you know, you can actually be successful if you get out there and do it. Same, same thing mm -hmm. on, you know, fishing on windy days and stuff like that, like you're talking about right. hunting. So that's pretty yeah. interesting. Now, if you were, if you were up there, like say in this next week, um, mm -hmm. what would you be focused on? Uh, just say the wind was out of the, out of the mix yeah. here. Yeah. I would be focused on some pretty similar things, but I'd honestly be doing a lot more. I don't know. We were doing a lot of, uh, glassing and mm -hmm. scouting that way but i'd be doing probably a lot more boots in the ground and like fresh sign um which we do still quite a bit but like i mean you're gonna have bucks starting to get pretty amped up doing a lot of scrapes and stuff um and in this area we were hunting like a lot of the whitetail stuff so i'd be looking for a lot of those that that sign kind of stuff and then just expecting buck movement to increase and just for them to start moving like just a lot more in daylight and stuff i would be just hunting more predictable um, draws and like travel areas mm -hmm. where like, you know, those bucks are going to start to kind of be interested and in, like moving a lot more and just those, it's not like, it's not full on November rut, but I'd be like kind of starting to hone in on some of those travel routes. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. I got you. So, yeah. uh, scale of one to 10, what do you assume buck movement's going to be like next week? <sighs> Man, I would, uh, I would assume it's probably weather's like, like moderately good nothing like insane but i'd give it a six out of ten all right like at least like over it's over 50 percent. so like i'd be i would be like looking forward to hunting that again i mean right now actually the like we got some seriously like good cold weather but um yeah i mean it's gonna be it's gonna be fine sometimes i feel like people give this time in october kind of a rough go but man it is one of my favorite times to get out in the woods. Yeah. So. Dude, that's good man we've had some very mm -hmm. very much realistic people on this podcast so far this yeah. week and uh yeah. I appreciate that realism. I appreciate what you guys do, the messaging you guys do, what you attempt to do with uh, helping people out who are maybe not as privileged as you guys. And uh, oh, yeah. man, keep going, man. Get after mm -hmm. it this season. I hope the rut goes well for you, and we'll be talking to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. Appreciate it.
Well, it's same old Mark Kenyon believes in the October lull, according to a recent headline from an article on Wired to Hunt website. Tony's been writing some good articles over there as well about calling and hunting public land. On our end, you should see our dude Hunter Dickens get a shot at a South Dakota public land toad on our YouTube channel this week. So go and check all these out. This has been Rut Fresh. Keep it fresh, y'all. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.